how's uh how's your morning been or where are you located yeah i'm in pennsylvania so oh, pennsylvania nice yeah so yeah it's, uh, so uh, three hours it's about a little over lunchtime yeah it's 1 p.m so i spent but, a, yeah mm-hmm. i spent a good bit of time there i actually went to penn state so oh you did right yeah. on where were you I was in, um, I was in state college, like right in the middle of the state. Uh, yeah. Main campus. Um, and I saw you went to Boston college. I actually spent after Pennsylvania, I spent two years in Boston, um, living. Yeah. I was in, yeah, I was actually was Boston university. I was at university. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, all in the same neighborhood. Yeah. That was many moons ago, but yeah, I did, (laughs) I did go to, (laughs) I did go there. That was, that was quite an experience. I loved living in Boston as a, uh, as a very young adult, that was fun. Oh yeah. It was a good time. I'm sure it's, it's changed also a good bit since you were last there. Uh, I don't know if kids were hanging out in Southie at those days, but that's like the big place to be now. Is it really? I mean, I graduated from college in in 1990, so I don't, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it's very different. (laughs) Yeah. Great to see. 30 30 odd years later. Yeah. So where, where are you, where are you exactly? Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm currently located in San Diego. I live in oh, okay. California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice with the sun. And I was uh, so so when I was looking looking at some of the questions and stuff, I wanted to ask. You have a really cool background, and I'm like really excited, um, really interested in hearing some of the stuff you've got going on. Oh, thank uh, you. And and one that I have right now is: Are you currently doing Ramadan? I am. How's that been? I, it's been great. I mean, this is my 22nd Ramadan. And so it's, uh, um, you know, the first day I, uh, I don't know why I just didn't take it easy. Like we were doing some gardening in the morning and then my son w- wanted to, he took, he, he's like, I want to learn archery. So we had his first archery lesson, which I took with him. And, and so by the end of the day, I was like, I don't feel good. <laughs> and so I've, Anyway, I'm I've taken it easier in subsequent days, and I'm I I love the practice. It's so such a wonderful. um, I feel so good doing it, and by the end of the month, my heart I just feel so sweet and nourished inside in a very profound way. It's been a surprisingly powerful practice, you know. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk to you about your, so just a little quick, quick intro blurb. Um, Welcome. Thanks for coming on the show, Mr. Mark Silver. Uh, You're a fourth generation entrepreneur. So it's been Mm -hmm. in through and through your family. Uh, You're a master teacher in Sufism, which is really cool. Uh, And and your, your weekly writings are followed by thousands of people all over the world. And you are the founder of Heart of Business. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's there's a lot going on there. (laughs) I'm really honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me in. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Um, So, I mean, first, first of all, let's ask, uh, because I do want to get into the Sufism. That's so cool. But first, let's go a little on, on the entrepreneurship side. Uh, What, so, so you've had a couple career, you started a distribution business. Uh, You were working uh, with a nonprofit magazine. So what's, what's your career path been like and how did Heart of Business end up starting after all that? (laughs) I know it was, it's been, well, you know, it's just the way it is. So um, I was also a paramedic for a number of years in in the San Francisco Bay area. That's where my wife and I originally met was in the San Francisco area. And so um, I worked in the 911 system in in surrounding counties. And um, 
Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I got to a point where I was kind of burnt out. I was burnt out with a nonprofit with activism and such. I mean, I, my heart is still very much in it. And I still love the social justice work. But I at that point in time, I was kind of burnt out. And um, between the magazine and other things I had done, I um, and fundraising and other such, I had friends who were self-employed, organic gardeners, you know, you know, holistic practitioners, different, different groovy people I knew in, in the Bay. And um, they, uh, they need help with their marketing. And Mm -hmm. I was originally helping them with designing stuff. I'm world's worst designer, but (laughs) I had a computer and I knew how to do layout stuff. Um, But it turned out that there was just a lot more that they needed to confront around, oh my God, like, how do I price myself? And can I really charge that much? And what does this look like? And how do I word what I do? And and um, I knew more than I thought I did from all this other stuff that I had done. And um, and I realized I was talking to my wife, Holly. Um, we weren't actually, I guess we were married at that point. And um, I said, you know, I need some way of helping people process things emotionally because emotions were so strong in all of this, you know, really hard stuff. And, um, and so that was when we came across uh, the Sufi healership training that we ended up taking. And I started studying with my Sufi teachers and eventually got my master's of divinity and, um, and just started integrating all of that work. And that's where heart of business came from is this, is this desire to help us witness and find the love that is in business and to sidestep, discard, um, you know, uh, work against all of the dysfunctional, manipulative, toxic crap that is in so much of the business world. Wow. So a a lot of this started from uh, the emotions and stress of starting a company and and doing a business and you, you use Sufism kind of as a way to manage that. Is that correct? Uh, Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, Sufism is the um, mystical practice of Islam and it's uh, real quick. Can you, like you hear the term mystical thrown around. What, what exactly is it in relation to Sufism? That's a really good question. So the the mystics of any path are uh, at least as I understand it, when I think about my teachers is involved with how do we have direct experiences of source of love? Like Mm. how do we like take these ancient books and these lineages and these teachers and whatever is there that can feel so dusty. And so like, and how do we help help us have a direct experience with the real, you know, with Mm. the oneness, with love, with, um, and how do we carry that in our beings and how do we, um, how do we move in the world that way? Yeah. You know, that's for me, the essence of what mysticism, I mean, it's, it is, it's kind of a strange word because it can feel so, um, I don't know, extra like esoteric, or special. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah, not, not, not applicable, but for me, it feels very practical. Um, you know, I was just talking to a client earlier today who um, had had a really successful six-figure landscaping uh, company, totally burnt out and just trying to find their way. And 
this experience of love and the experience of compassion, the experience of feeling held in the moment by something greater than us, you know, it's like that's part of the recipe of finding our way through the mess. And um, yeah, so I it just, it's it, to me, I, I wouldn't know how to separate it at this point, yeah. you know, from real life. And now something you mentioned a little earlier is, is the, well, not, not too much mentioned, but you kind of touched on it, how business does have this very almost unemotional kind of look to it. Like to make it in business, you have to be very rational, straight edge thinking, you know, how do you combine um, your Sufi practice and the heart of business in, with other entrepreneurs and leaders? And how do you kind of bring that to a balance? Yeah. So I think that it's a, it's a, um, I mean, <laughs> it's very funny to think that business is unemotional, right? Like that's the, that's the hype, but it's so obviously not true. You know, there's strong emotions in the business world every day, all the time, you know, people get People have wonderful experiences, maybe more often, or we see a lot of stories of people having terrible experiences. Like there's, I mean, the emotions run really high and for good reason. Like there's really important things involved, right? People's livelihoods, um, how we care for one another, how we care for our communities and the world. It's like the um, businesses have a huge impact on that. And um could probably hear that midday call to prayer. <laughs> and so um, and so it's not um, you know I because I'm so clear about what I do and how I walk in the world, I people tend to self-select like if somebody's mm. really committed to like being shut down, they're not going to want to work. you know, it's just not going to be interesting yeah. to them. And um, I don't to mean you. to say. Right. Well, yeah, of course, but I, they don't really show up. Like I, it's not usually a choice. Like the people who show up are people who like, they're already aware of their hearts. They're already aware of their need for love. They're already aware that they're wanting to be doing something that is caring and impactful. They're already aware that there are things um, that they're encountering that don't feel good and they don't want to work with that. And um and so I get to help those folks walk with that. You know, sometimes it's about um, reassessing how we're seeing things. Sometimes it's about taking a stand. Some, you know, there's a lot of different paths mm-hmm. that, that come out. And, you know, our focus at Heart of Business is helping, um, you know, the, the micro business owner, you know, somebody, maybe yeah. they're self-employed, maybe there's a handful of people on the team. It's not... Um, these, you know, my specialty isn't, yeah. you know, large companies. Yeah. So oh, I, yeah. I see. So, yeah. What What's like the, what's the craziest turnaround story you have of someone who is just, they wanted to be in there, but they were kind of like dipping their toes in the water and you just kind of, you kind of broke through that. What What's the story you got like that? That's a really good question. Let me take a moment. Oh, Well, I mean, strangely enough, I'm having a memory of like one of my earliest clients who um, uh, was um, top performer in their company um, and uh, and they were really kind of struggling with um, 
it was the need to make money and the need to take care of their family. And they just mm. had a very, we had, we, we did some, some work within their heart and um, they had some very profound experiences of love. And there was a humility and a sincerity that kind of surfaced for them. And they let go of their need to be like the number one spot in their company. And they, and they were making plenty, like it was not a risky financial choice, (laughs) you know, it was like they were, but they were then able to be with their family and with their, with their child. And um, it was just, it was really beautiful. It was really beautiful to see and for them to realize like, oh, that's actually possible. Like they, like, I didn't know that choice was available mm-hmm. to me. And it seems so, you know, it's like I can, in speaking it, I can say, well, it can seem like an obvious choice. And I, I know it's a lot more common nowadays than maybe it was 20 years ago with the great resignation and all this people making really smart choices about not putting up with toxic work environments or not sacrificing their life for yeah. work. But, um, but it wasn't, that was not the conversation that was happening at the time. And, and to see that start to flourish um, in him and for him to make that choice, it was, uh, it was a big deal. It was very profound. Yeah. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. And in, in your experience, what makes a healthy work environment? Cause I hear a lot of talks of toxic work environments, but people it's like, we're still figuring out what, what makes it healthy. And, and from your time, What's what's an example of that? Yeah. So I think at the heart of it all is trust. Mm. You know, at the heart of it is trust. It's like if you hire someone, you trust them. And to to do to you know that they care. You know, I when when we've hired people, the times, you know, when we're 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 a very small company, a fairly, you know, pretty small team. And so we don't hire a lot for, <laughs> I, I guess if you, my, my wife and I went to four plus a couple of other contractors on the, uh, you know, float around actually no five, excuse me. We just added okay. another position. So um, probably six, maybe in the next month, anyway, whatever, small numbers, small numbers, but what we're, what, what we do is it, it often takes months before someone relaxes into, you know, and really begins to trust us that we trust them. That um, if they make a mistake, there's nothing coming back at them. You know, like I, I to try to reinforce that, we just had to hire a new admin person because our main operations person moved on. Mm. Um, and, um, and I made a point that when she made her first uh, mistake with something that, you know, it was, it was, it was a, you know, I mean, it was a mistake with communication with our clients. It, you know, it was, it was impactful. I said, you know, we celebrated. I said, we knew it was coming. I'm so glad it happened. Your first mistake. And we celebrated it, you know, because we're all human and I want her, I want the people on my team, one, to have the same spaciousness I have. It's not like I don't make mistakes, right? But I want people to feel more um, like it's okay to try something, to make a decision, to take a risk. And then if it needs to be cleaned up, it's okay. But it's better than them feeling scared that they're that every step is going to you yeah. know, like that, that, that there's going to be some punishment coming. And so um, 
I think that uh, trust is a big one. It's the same thing with time time off or what. Like people pretty much have unlimited time off. You know, we, we don't and we don't cut their pay. They just get paid the same. I mean, you know, even if they're hourly, it's just like, okay, you know, you want you need to be with your kid or you know, you need, I, you don't even have to tell me. Like I don't need to know. It's like if you need time off, like I trust yeah. that you care. And whenever I've never had a situation where in extending trust, it hasn't been met with care. And I think that that is at the heart of a healthy work environment is that kind of trust. Interesting. I've never heard the concept of celebrating mistakes, but that's something, you know, I might have to give it a try. One thing I've noticed is I I have a difficulty um, being a little too hard on myself whenever I make mistakes and maybe that, that little extra kindness will go a long way. I don't know, but that's, that's pretty cool that you do that. I think it's, I mean, it's so important because, you know, I'm not going to remember his name. There's a rabbi who said, you know, we travel through life in um, distances that are exactly as long as we are tall, as we fall on our face and get up and fall on our face and get up. It's like, this is, there's, it's impossible to not make mistakes. We make mistakes. And so if that's the truth, which it is then we need to embrace that that's actually part of the process and that there's nothing wrong with a mistake. And, um, and that mistakes are actually a key component of creativity and a key component of empowerment and uh, just life. And now in 20 or so years, I believe you guys have been in business. You've helped 22, over f- yeah. 22. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. So you've helped over 4,000 or so clients. I'm guessing a little more. I, I was going off the website and it said like eight. Yeah, I'm noticing I'm needing to update it. I saw that the <laughs> other day and I'm like, oh, we got to put that on the list to update. So, but yeah. so I'm guessing from close to 5,000 clients. Um, what's What are some some clients that have really stood out that really you guys have had such a good relationship? You built it. Like, how does that happen? Mm. Oh, God, there's so many people. Um, and. You know, it's um so hmm. You know, I've I've uh I think that the you know like what comes I mean I'm even thinking about a session that I had earlier today again with um someone who's just like the vulnerability and the sincerity. It's like people care. I think about, I'm trying to think of stories for you um, that exemplify that. But I, there's been so many times where I've been on a call with, you know, and they're in tears and I'm in tears, you know, that there's something so real. And sometimes the tears are because something's painful. And sometimes the tears are because something's joyful. And it's, and sometimes we're laughing and, and it's like, there's, it's, there's so much vulnerability and sincerity. It's like, it, it's, I'm realizing it's, I'm realizing what's stopping me from telling stories is that of course, these are confidential uh, sessions, yeah. you know, when you get in, when you get deep into it, but, you know, I see people wanting to do their best. I see people, you know, like a, um, uh, a client who does, uh, who works with leaders in companies and has had tremendous openings um, in terms of their, like their work is really like their business is really filled up with opportunities. And 
to see them let go of what they think they should be doing because oh, that's wow. what people tell them to yeah. do, you know, as opposed to really finding their own path, like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see how that's an important thing, but it's not a priority. I can work with it in a much more gentle, compassionate manner and learn about it over time, but I can really focus on this other thing. It's a, yeah, like, like allowing people to really lean into their strengths hmm. and, um, and not do things just because everybody else does them. And uh, is there's I can not, imagine like that's these, really rewarding. It's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. You know, I, I, I see people who I'm thinking of another client who has um, twisted herself up into knots and it's affected her health mm. to a really, to really terrible, terrible degree. Um, but when, when we looked at what her business was really about and what her clients and the people that she was helping were really responding to was all stuff that was really easy for her and putting all of these other things on because, Oh, I need to do this because it'll be valuable or it'll be important. It's like being able to strip it down and say, Oh no, this is really what people want from you. And it's okay to focus there and to let go of this other stuff. And suddenly it's like, the business becomes so much easier to run, so much more profitable. Yeah. Clients are really happy. I, I find that so many people in their businesses put extra stuff on trying to justify, you know, trying to, you know, pump up like, oh, yeah, it, what I do is really good or, you know, trying to like fill in gaps that actually aren't there and making things much harder for themselves uh, than it needs to be. Interesting. And now you, you strike me as someone who has a very open heart and is a very caring person. Are there any, ever any times where people kind of mistaken that kindness for weakness and how do you deal with that? Um, (laughs) it's interesting because, um, I think that people have sometimes been surprised, uh, cause I can be, you know, I'm, I'm kind, but clear with my boundaries, you know, but it's um, important. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think it's it's hard to remember. I've been doing this a long time and when people come to us, you know, they're usually, you know, they've gotten to know me through some of my material first. So it's not yeah. like I'm running into conflicts with people. Um and I'm yeah, so I don't I don't know if people have been surprised. I do know that I have been surprised hearing afterwards that sometimes someone felt like they were um, intimidated by me. Um, And I think that's because I am, I am, I can be really clear in myself. And sometimes that can feel um, intimidating in some sense, but that usually, I mean, that melts away when we, you know, when we actually connect. So I can see how that'd be intimidating because that clarity comes from just knowing yourself. And it's, it doesn't, it's not a very common thing that people just know who they are and what they want right off the bat. Um, it's not, I mean, it's also not something that is, can be unlearned. Um, it's something that they got to practice on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It comes with time and 
practice and, you know, you get your face in the mud enough and you learn eventually, yeah. you know. <laughs> and you mentioned a little earlier that you were, you were facing some burnout. Uh, what, how did that happen? And, or I guess what happened? Yeah. When you had the magazine and the distribution, what, what kind of led to that shift into the Sufi practice? Yeah, it's a good question. <sighs> so I've been involved in activism since high school. I've always mm. been like, I've always kind of like looked at the world and seen, you know, like uh, people are just capable of, especially people in power are capable of terrible things sometimes. And there've been terrible wrongs done. And um, it's something that hurts my heart a lot. And I've always been involved in um, working in different ways around, you know, different issues. And um and just when I was young, before I knew myself and knew how to be with my heart, I was just angry a lot. I was mm. really angry a lot. And that was exhausting. It was exhausting. And couple that with, um, you know, working as a paramedic and the kind of um, stress that job had, which I also loved until I didn't, I just, I reached a point of burnout and um, where I was just exhausted and um, felt so drained and tired, and um, and like I couldn't be angry anymore. I was so grateful that we came upon um, the Sufi teacher shortly after that because I was doing. I was. Um, uh, we were my girlfriend, um, my wife. We were active in a Jewish community at the time, and I was saying, "God, I need something deeper. I need something that's going to help nourish me." I was thinking, "Am I going to be more orthodox in my Judaism?" And then we came across the the Sufi teachers, and it just it blew my heart open. The experiences that I had, um, just it's one of those things. It's hard to describe, but I just I. I felt this love in my heart and I learned how to access that consistently and how to work with that. And mm. it was such a remedy for the burnout and such a remedy for a lot of things. I was walking with insecurity, lack of confidence, um, you know, self-judgment. Um, uh, there was a lot of that, that I really had to do healing yeah. work around. Ha how did you like, I don't, how did you find the teach like the, the, how I know Sufism and I'm sure like a lot of like people, the common way is through the poet Rumi. But besides that, I don't know too much. Uh, oh, side note. Do you have any favorite Rumi quotes? <laughs> um, there's a, there's a, so it's funny. I know a little bit of Rumi, Rumi. So Sufism has many different lineages uh, and see. Rumi is not part of our lineage. So I haven't studied him in particular. There's hundreds of lineages. And so he's part of the Mevlevi lineage and okay. I'm in the Chatelier lineage. Too much detail. But anyway, there's, um, uh, um, you know, there's an end quote to this whole um, poem that I find very touching that is um, about you know, like, don't do, don't make prayer like a chicken pecking at the ground. Cause you know, the Muslim prayer is the bowing and the prostrating yeah. movement. It's like, um, hatch out the, the helplessness inside. And there it's hard. I mean, those two quotes, I don't think 
hold all of what comes before, but there's this, just this openness in that poem that breaks me down and uh, in a really beautiful way, just uh, one of the things that, one of the things about Sufism that I find so moving, and this is not particular to Sufism. It's in a lot of paths. It's just where I learned it is that, you know, the essence of the human being is we're a vessel we're a vessel. And the essence of a vessel is emptiness, right? A neediness, a helplessness, an openness. It's like we can receive and fill up with all kinds of things, with strength, with wisdom, with love, but we can't manufacture it. And it's only when we recognize that emptiness, which sometimes feels like helplessness or powerlessness or whatever these things that we sometimes put negative words on, neediness, but it's actually really just, oh, I'm a vessel and I can be filled. Mm. And that to me is um, such an extraordinary remembering over and over again. It's part of what Ramadan helps me remember. It's like by not eating or drinking all day, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of how dependent I am. And it's not just dependent, mm. you know, I don't know, you know, it's like whether you believe in God or not, or whatever your relation to spirituality, it's like, we're all dependent on each other. I'm dependent on the air that I breathe. You know, I'm dependent on food growing from the ground or I can't huh. live. So, so yeah, it's a, a little side note that kind of opened yeah. up. In a big way, Those are but- shifts in thoughts I've never really, well, thought about. Um, is that, yeah, yeah, you don't really think about how often you, you need to breathe, but <laughs> without 12 it, times a minute. Where, yeah. <laughs> where would we be? Um, no, right. yeah, that was my little, little side note, but my question was how, how did you end up finding these teachers? Like where did, did they show up? Did you see a YouTube video? Did they just pop up? Like how, where was that? Um, did YouTube even exist? I, yeah, I was, I was just I know. an example. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know. <laughs> I it's like, so. No, but it is. It's funny because now it's easier to find these kinds of things. Yeah. And it didn't used to be. You know, um, I, mean, the, the, I mean, the story is that um, the best, my, uh, my wife, Holly, her best friend, had another friend who was studying with the teachers and Mm. they end up, and my wife has always done kind of healing work, body work kind of stuff. I mean, she hasn't done that in a while. She does it in the context of our business, but she hasn't done body work in a long time. But, um, and so they did an exchange and she had a very profound experience with this person who had studied with these teachers. And so we, and I ended up um, meeting them also. And okay you know, connecting that way. I, it's, 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 um, it's funny because the finding of these teachers, it's, it's every time I've talked to someone who has found a a teacher who's been significant for them in their life, it's, it's not a, uh, it's not something planned, you know, it's like you can look and look and look, but often it's a kind of a funny experience when someone, like that falls in your lap. Yeah. So no mentor so, I've had has been through a formal, you know, right. program or anything. It's always been someone like, Hey, I like what you're doing. Um, let me help you out. Cause you need the help. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty much how it goes. Uh, yeah. But switching gears a little bit. Um, what about any habits you have? Do you have a routine, like a morning routine? Um, you know, I, I figured you pro- you pray, is it five times a day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but on a good day. <laughs> um, I try to it get really off. Is like that. Um, so yeah. Um, um, yeah, my morning routine 
is um, I tend to get up pretty early and I don't consider myself, um, you know, it's just, I'm just a morning person. I just wake up. And so, and when I say early, I mean, I'm usually up sometime between four and five. I just wake up mm. in the morning like that. No alarm. And so, no, I haven't used an alarm for years. Wow. Um, I mean, well, it's a good thing. And there are days I wish I could sleep in and I, I can't. Um, and so I don't tend to be very good at night, but um, yeah, you know, I mean, my routine in the morning is I tend to get up. That's, you know, my, you know, nobody else is up at that hour. I tend to, sometimes I'll read, sometimes I'll, um, you know, certainly prayers come in, in, in the morning. And so there's some praying and remembrance and spiritual practice. Um, it's a quiet time when um, in the summer, when it's light enough, I'll, the, we're, I, we're, I feel so grateful. We live on um, some land. We have 15 acres where we oh, live. Wow. And so I'll go for, go, well, I'll take the dog on a walk in the woods. And um, I like really, you know, being out there when it's light enough early. I mean, not that early, but, you know, in the summer it gets late early. And then, you know, and then the kids are up and then I'm helping, you know, we have two teenagers and, you know, getting them and getting them to school and getting all of, all of that kind of family routine going. So I don't have anything very, um, I mean, other than, you know, the morning prayer, I don't have anything special or particular Hmm. um, in terms of like, some kind of intense disciplined morning routine. I just, uh, yeah. What about any habits? Do you have any habits that you would attribute to your success? Um, I think the habit of asking for help I'm when I've needed it, that's, that's been a big habit. I think the habit of um, being willing to make mistakes hmm been a really good habit. I think um, I have, um, uh, we have a a structure in our um, business that we do with clients called compassionate accountability, which is um, about starting out with the relationship with a thing rather than a goal that, you know, actions arise out of that quality of the relationship that you have with something. So it seems like a much better way of, of getting to the journey rather than the destination kind of thinking. (laughs) Well, I mean, one of the big problems with capitalism is that it's so goal focused and that's part of the devastation that it's wreaked on the planet. You know, it's like, we're going to do this no matter what. And people get hurt and environments get devastated and all of these things. And there's like, well, that's, you know, but if we start with relationship, like, oh, trying to develop the business, or I'm working on this aspect of things, I'm working on this project, what's my relationship with this project? What does my heart need to be in a healthier relationship with this project? And so by starting there, then what usually arises is I get clear on what what the next step is. You know, it's like, oh, the next step is, oh, I need more information or, oh, I should work on this. Or I thought I needed to work on this, but really that can wait. It's like it helps my discernment in my Mm. path forward a lot more. Um, Yeah. And so by having the habit of whenever I'm feeling stuck or I'm not feeling in flow with something um, to pause and come back to what's my relationship with this thing that I'm doing. Sometimes the relationship is, you know what, it's time to go 
take a break or go out in the woods or go lie down on the couch or something. Um, And to really honor, it took a lot of practice. I still am not always a hundred percent with this, but like, like trusting what's true for me, like the energy in the moment, like it's the same as trusting people that work for you or work with you. It's like, they care. I care. I know I'm going to get whatever needs to be done, done. But if I need to take a nap or I need to take a break or I need to set something aside, then I'm almost always rewarded by later when I come back to it. It's so yeah. much easier to get through. It feels like trust is a very important value for you. Mm. It is. Do you have any other set values that you run your life by? Um, sincerity. Hmm. That's a good sincerity. One. Yeah. It's my teachers have said that the most important quality for anybody on the path is sincerity. How does and that differ from authenticity? Are they the same or? It's a good question. I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about authenticity. Sincerity is um, the willingness to um, face or know or go for the truth, no matter what. That's mm-hmm. how I think of sincerity. It's like, if I want, it's like that, that willingness to face what's true. And that can be what's true about a situation or what's true for me or what's true, you know, and so that leads to um, vulnerability is another really important quality. Um, This willingness to be vulnerable, to be open, to not, um, to not self-protect unnecessarily. And with sincerity and vulnerability and trust, there's so much that can happen. Like it's become so much easier to move in the world because I feel like I'm actually, it's actually possible to be in relationship with the world around me, with my business, with people, with clients, with you. If I'm being true to, if I'm trusting, if I'm being vulnerable and open, which means to be able to receive, right? You can't receive anything. If you want people always wanting more, but if you can't be vulnerable, nothing can get in. And, um, and then being sincere to, as a way to stay on the path that I'm on, those really feel, those are kind of the, the recipe, if you will, for me. And through your experience in helping others, why is it so difficult Maybe this is just a me thing, being vulnerable. I think our culture is messed up and it teaches all of us, especially teaches men, but it teaches all of us that it's risky to be vulnerable, that if you're vulnerable, you're going to be teased or bullied or, you know, how many people at work, you know, open up about something and then they get docked, you know, and then punished in some way. And um, it's like, it's, uh, we're not, um, there's been, there, people have, have had high costs for vulnerability in, talk, in these toxic environments. Oh, that's environments. interesting. High costs for vulnerability. That's, a, that's an interesting point right there. And so it's one of the, one of the reasons that I, I, um, I love working in small businesses and with micro businesses is because it's such a human scale that it's, it seems easier to be vulnerable. It's, it's easier for people to feel empowered and to not feel so much at effect 
of um, people who hold power over them that they may never actually get to interact with regularly. Mm. And, um, and so I think that that's, uh, that's an important piece, but vulnerability really is the way through. And I think that there's, I, I don't know, there's, uh, you know, I, I, I probably first learned, I came out as bisexual in 1988 and I've been, you know, uh, connected to the queer community in, one way or another since then and being around other queer men that also had no, you know, nothing to lose, you know, it's like, you've already been called fag or whatever. And it's like to be around men who were willing to smile and look you in the eye and willing to cry. Like that was huge for me in like one of the earlier stages of opening my heart and being vulnerable, being willing to connect with other people, let other people in. And how did that feel? It was, I mean, it's, I don't, I wouldn't know how else to be in the world without letting it in. You know, all of our senses are receptive. Hmm. All of our senses are receptive. You know, we look out and we think that we're we're out there, you know? It's like, there's all of this, all of our senses, like our minds sometimes, you know, have been taught to interpret them as external, but everything is internal. Light is entering my eyes, you know, um, little molecules are entering my nose for smelling, you know, we eat and we taste something, you know, feeling is receptive. Everything is receptive. Our heart is receptive. And the only way to be receptive is to be vulnerable, is to be open to receiving, that life becomes so rich, becomes so rich and so meaningful when we can be vulnerable. And without the vulnerability, I remember, because I was bullied and not treated well. I mean, I was like a little, I was, I was not a, necessarily that athletic. I was not that, anyway, I was just, and so I, I, I teased a lot for crying as a young boy and a young teen. And so I just, I shut myself down. I said, I'm not going to cry anymore. And it took years to open that up again. And um, and I felt like I got my life back when that opened up. It was, it was profound. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like you've been on quite the journey. Like that was, <laughs> that was a while ago. And since then, would you notice, has it helped? Like, have you been better? Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, that was, I mean. You don't that get was, bullied anymore? Oh, no. No, no. That's good. No, no. That's good. No. Well, no yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good that no one's taking your lunch. That's good. <laughs> no, no. Although I don't, I don't get lunch this month, but it's true. <laughs> true. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So let's switch over to what you like to do for fun. You have actually some, we were talking about some pretty cool hobbies. Um, one of them being woodwork actually at first i want to ask about something you used to do in college you were in fencing um, i was i was have, fencing, have you right? have you continued that at all after or was that i did a it a little bit thing? after i did i did it after well i did it through high school i actually went to the junior olympics in high oh, school wow, that nice. was pretty awesome and then i went to college and um fenced um uh there and then i did some fencing after college but then i just i i let it go it became one of those things that um, it was especially after I had kids, I was just, my priorities changed. Like I didn't mm. want to 
be away from the, you know, I, I had, I don't really like golf very much, but I had picked it up at one point because I wanted to spend time with my dad. And then I played with some friends and, you know, it, it was fun enough. But as soon as I had kids, like, I didn't want to be away from the family for yeah. four hours, five hours on a Saturday. It's like, what am I doing? So, yeah. So I just, um, uh, so yeah, I haven't done fencing in a very long time, but it was very fun. I loved it. Yeah. So what do you like making for woodworking? How does that, how does that, uh, come into play? I made this. Oh, stool. you made that. Yeah. That Ch- cherry wood. And, um, uh, I, the thing I love about woodworking is, um, I love, making something that's both beautiful and functional, you know, uh, I made, so uh, it's, uh, it's yeah. not just decorations. It's like you make things yeah. that, that you use. Yeah. Daily. Yeah. I made these coasters. I mean, we needed nice. coasters so I could make coasters. It's <laughs> just, it's, um, it's, you know, like there's things like I have this love of, um, being able to do things. And so it's like woodworking. I, but, you know, uh, my kid, you know, my kids were like, we're out of Hershey syrup for our ice cream. I'm like, I bet we can make that. So I made it, you know, and we think, you know, it's like, it's just, it's an incredibly easy recipe, but I'll never buy Hershey syrup again. Cause it's so easy to make. Oh. And, um, and so for like, a second, you, I was like, how, how do you make that out of wood? No, 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 out of wood. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Switch topic. Switch topic. Yeah. So it's like, I, I think it's, um, I love, um, uh, you know, we're planting fruit trees. I love gardening and I love like being engaged with the land. And it's, I, I love this sense that we can be engaged with our environment and we can do things, you know, we can do things with other people. We can make, we can create beauty. We can create um, uh, uh, really useful, beautiful things. And it's, um, and it's something that just my heart, is very happy about. And so, yeah, it's fun to do woodworking. I think the, um, I recently, uh, um, I was just making some more shelves, but really the next big project that I want to work on is, uh, we're going to make a new bed for me and my wife and, uh, I made my, made one of my son's beds and yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, uh, what's your favorite project? Um, you know, each project is different. I made a little, I made a, a because, because I've been picked, because I'm not, I haven't been doing this for very long. It's just been a few years that I've been doing woodworking. And so and I'll, you like, could I'll make a, a bed. Wow. That's impressive. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like the funny thing is, is that it's, it's not, it's like, we are, this is one of my complaints about capitalism among many is that, you know, we get trained to be consumers that we have to buy everything. And it's not, difficult like making a bed is not rocket science it's really not that hard like i i i mean i made a door i made a door from scratch and it swings open and swings closed and it's like you know and put the hardware on it's like so what i love is like going huh i wonder how that works and then i want to figure it out and then you know and i'm on youtube and i'm watching videos and then i figure it out i'm like oh wow i did that so i made a i made a little box of a, um, you know, a hand, hand, coffee grinder. So I got the coffee grinder hardware and I made the box that holds it. And another one, I made um, a bookshelf and we have black walnut trees on our property. And um, I learned that the husks around the shells of black walnuts 
nuts um, is how they make the stain. So yeah. I made a big slurry and I made walnut stain and I stained the bookshelf with walnut stain that I made from black walnuts on our property. And it's like, it sounds so cool and it was really cool, but it's incredibly easy. It's not, um, it just takes time and care. Yeah. That's all. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty sweet. What about, so you make a lot of um, like recipes you, you bake. What, what do you like to bake? <laughs> so funny. We go, so I'm in a, I, I, um, we, uh, I started baking um, the bread that we eat. So like uh, every week I bake three loaves and um, slice it up. And, you know, that's the bread that we use. I love making bread. I love, I love making, um, I've often, the kids and I will often, they'll go, well, what do you, what do you want to make? So we'll, you know, make a cake, like making carrot cakes or what have you. They like nice. those kinds of things. You know, they, I don't know if you know, the zebra cakes that are out there. It's just I've like some treats. Yeah. They've gotten them anyway. So I said, Hey, let's try to make those. So I looked up a copycat recipe and we made those. And so, you know, made homemade marshmallows, made, you know, really? hard candy, hard what is, candy. What is inside a marshmallow? Is it sugar? So or? it's, it's, it's sugar and corn syrup and gelatin. Basically it's all good for you. Yeah, totally. Totally. But <laughs> you know, as a parent, I can buy the organic ingredients. Yeah. It's better when it's it's always better for you when you make it yourself um, and you get to pick the right, the right stuff. What about, uh, there was one more thing that I was curious about. You meant, Oh, Oh, do you, do you have any animals? Like, do you live on a farm? Uh, Do you, we don't have livestock. We don't have life. We don't have livestock. We do. We may eventually, but um, our, uh, our neighbors have goats and we sometimes open the gate and they come over and (laughs) eat our grass, which we're really happy about. We have a um, uh, 110 pound dog, which, you know, could be livestock, (laughs) you know, Uh, but no, we don't, we don't have, we don't have goats or horses or sheep or anything. We've been talking about it and um, uh, something like that. My wife grew up with horses and her sister, and her husband have a farm in Ithaca where they have, they have like a hundred sheep and they, and so we've, we've been around that. And Do you have any uh, like vegetables or fruits that you guys plant? Yeah. I mean, we do, we have a whole garden. Um, That's the word. I'm for. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we're preparing our garden now. We're going to plant all kinds of things. Nice. Um, we've, we've ordered some fruit trees that we're going Ooh, to plant. Nice. Um, plum and apple and peach and pear and cherry we'll see and persimmon you know um hazelnut planted some hazelnut anyway it's yeah i just i i one of the things that's that's another thing is like seeing people with lawns like i don't understand like why why wouldn't you just plant berries or you know say like why wouldn't you plant food i you know food everywhere everywhere so um it's you know around not the the turn of the last century you know half of the united states people were farmers you know half and everybody had a garden and everybody knew how to you know like food was so local because that's just how it was it's also hard to uh, transport um to non-locals Right, exactly. And so um, I don't, you know, like there's no reason for us to be in, um, you know, to have like a lack of food security, to be dependent on these um, 
you know, on, on shipping food so far for, I mean, it's, I mean, it is, it's fun to have it as a treat. You know, it's like, I've got some oranges in our fridge, you know, we don't grow oranges here in Pennsylvania, but it's, um, but it's so fun to get things locally. Like a friend of ours has, um, uh, has a, a dairy farm and we've gotten milk from her and we, you know, the, the meat in our freezers, you know, somebody raises cows like, you know, 30 minutes from here that we bought a quarter beef, you know, it's like I, to be able to um, be in relationship with the food around you is, uh, is a pretty big, it's, I mean, I get a lot of fun out of it because it's community. And it's also another passion of ours is growing food and cooking and you know, these issues around food security and, and yeah, et cetera. Yeah. There's a lot. We've, 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 we've we've covered a lot of ground here. (laughs) I know we've been like all over the place. Uh, And actually with that, I wanted to say thank you very much for coming on. That was uh, the, all the stuff I had prepared. Um, (laughs) Thank you. It's been really nice talking to you. Um, I I never would have thought that I'd, I'd speak to a Sufi master when starting this uh, podcast. So <laughs> let me be careful and it. say, I'm not a, I need, so I don't get struck by lightning. My okay. Sheikh was a Sufi master. I'm a designated master teacher, Got but it. I'm not a Sufi master. I know it's confusing. I, uh, yeah. English, I'm uh, the English words are different. Well, no, I mean, nobody, I, it's a common thing that happens. And um, I'm proud that I've been designated a master teacher, but I have to be careful. I'm not a I'm not. Yeah. I don't want you to get struck by lightning. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate Um, that. (laughs) I just have a a cute, a few final questions to ask and then, and then we'll be good and ready. Uh, Number one, what kind of music do you like listening to? Oh yeah. It's kind of all over the map. I mean, I grew up in the punk music scene out in Washington, DC. And so like, I, still harken back to all that and um and so that's in there and um yeah that's an unfortunate question because I I, there's music that I like but I'm not it's music's not huge in my life it's uh I tend to um I tend to be engaged with things that if I'm listening to music at the same time it's uh it's distracting. Like it's hard for mm. me to like, both not like mindful listening with some, like it's, it's, it's hard for me to be with that. Like I, I, you know, if I'm doing woodworking or if I'm with my kids or if I'm doing something yeah. else, like it's like to be listening to music at the same time. So it's not, um, I lo- and don't get me wrong. I love music. I just, uh, it's not something that plays a huge role in my life. What about any TV shows or movies that you've recommended recently? <laughs> I don't know about recommended by one of my sons loves um, uh, Arrow. And so we've been watching through those seasons on Arrow. Netflix. Oh, the, the, the yeah, green, the green arrow, yeah, yeah, the green yeah, arrow, yeah. the green arrow. I, I watched the arrow. first few seasons. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, I mean, you know, it's like the, the, um, a lot of what I've watched has really revolved around my kids being uh, really deep into like the Marvel universe and other things like that. We watched, <laughs> my kids are also into pro wrestling, which I never imagined. So we watched WrestleMania this past weekend. Anyway, it's just, it's yeah. uh, family, family leads you down some interesting roads. So. I recently, yeah, I recently spoke to someone who was really into WrestleMania. Um, yeah. I, I never grew up with it, but 
It's see, I mean, it's making a comeback. I saw like it's huge. some people it's that huge. I didn't expect seeing on there. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, what books are you currently reading? Oh, I've got a stack of books. There's um, uh, there's a Jacqueline Carey novel that I'm reading. Um, there she has a tr- trilogy, Cushiel's Mercy and such. I, I have all the knowledge, all the things there. I was, um. I was also reading a book called Anointed by Oil, hmm. which is a American history book which talks about the relationship between evangelical Christianity and um, uh, and the oil, the early oil industry in the 1800s, and how that um, uh, created the American relationship to petroleum and to land rights and to like all like uh, just contributed to certain ways that capitalism grew up in our country in really terrible ways. Anyway, it's really interesting history there. What other, what other book? I re- we read the, the Sun Magazine, the new one, the latest mm-hmm. one just came. And so, yeah. And lastly, where can people find you? Um, <laughs> if after this crazy journey that we've been on together, people want to find me. Um, uh, I'm in the usual places like LinkedIn and and Facebook. Yeah. Um, heartofbusiness.com is our is our business website, and um, if you're curious at all, that's the place to go. We've got a lot of free stuff on there. We've got a a business assessment, a free business assessment that you can take. Um, talks about the stages of business development for micro businesses, and that's a good thing to start with. And nice. um, yeah, I'll drop yeah. it in the show links below. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you very much for coming on. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Good talking to you. Thanks for um, uh, taking us on such a broad ranging journey. It's so interesting. Yeah. Many times. <laughs> All right. Scene. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much. That was really cool. Um, yeah, you're welcome. yeah. I'm still, I'm still fairly new to this. So I'm like getting used to asking questions. Do you have any feedback on like questions I asked or how, how I structured the show. Cause I, again, like I'm, I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's like, I, 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 um, I think that it's, uh, so first of all, you're good. Like I like your, I like your presence and I like the questions, you know, appreciate like it. You, you opened up into some unusual places and it's like, that's, that I don't usually go to on podcasts. Cause usually we're talking about business and, you know, yeah. my work. Um, I I don't know. I I'm curious to see how people would react. I'm wondering if it would be more I I think it depends on what your intention is with the show, right? Yeah. Like if your intention with the show is like, hey, let's get to know this full person here, then that was marvelous. If you're trying to delve deeply or help people see a certain aspect about business or about living fully, I might have delved more deeply into some of the topics around my work and then brought in some of the brought in a a couple of the personal things, but not, um, not make it, not make it so broad ranging that it becomes like a, um, like a 360. That is some incredible feedback. Thank you very much. My goal is for that. Every episode uh, promises the listener at least one new way to deal with stress but I also want to make it more centered around like the entrepreneurial journey and then how they deal with stress. So I think that that's a really good, I I'm just like a really curious person. So when I hear something that I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. Let me talk about it. 
Uh, which is then, a great, which is a great thing in interviewing, like to yeah. have that sense of curiosity. I, to I think I do threads. need to be a little more focused with where that curiosity goes. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I, yeah, thank you for inviting me on. Yeah. Anytime. I appreciate it, Mark. I'll let you know when the episode comes out. Yeah, please do. And have a good day. Blessed things. Yeah. Good yeah. luck. Take care. Bye. Bye now.